Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The first four hours were simply in a moose-bouche. I'm stuffed. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. Sure you don't want no dessert? Not for me. Yeah, I'm good. Your table is ready for Carmen and Lima's emerging podcast scene. Tone, what's happening? Oh, nothing. Just hanging out. I like it when you go, Kenny! We're brought to you by Extend Technologies, XTENDAV.com. What's the matter? Are you bummed by all the OBJ talk? Is that it? No, I'm not bummed at all. I, you I seem to be down. Oh, I'm starting to think about what life's going to be like after he's gone. Because what do you mean? Because he was very polarizing. People talked about well, him. There's no, no was. What. He's still with us, and I think he'll still be here past the trade deadline. Yeah, but he won't be here next year. There's, no. there's zero that could be done. Because even think about it. If he goes off and has a great second half of the year, something nobody is predicting. Mm-hmm. Well, then you're not going to sign him anyway, right? Like, how could you? I don't know. It's it, he'd want a new contract, so he's, oh, he's okay, gonna, right? So, yeah. well, I'm saying if he went off yeah. the second half of the year, yeah, he'd say, okay, well, uh, I need I can't go into next year without guaranteed money. Yeah, I agree with you. So I thought it would be after last year actually, and then he got hurt. He did. Yeah. Yeah. So he had something to prove coming back. Yeah. And by all accounts, he worked his butt off to get back on the field, and he feels if you're looking at it from his point of view. He's like, really? I'm only going to get a couple of attempts a game? Like, that's it? And I know what fans are saying, but you drop them. Yeah. I get that. But he's thinking to himself, hey, if you throw the ball at me maybe three more times in that game, we win that game. Yeah. That's the way that any receiver is going to yeah, think. No, I, I, you Especially know. someone like him. And he's probably wondering, why did I bust my ass to get back if I'm an afterthought in this offense? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so you don't think he's telling everybody around him that? And – Look, a lot of these guys, we always just assume, I always get nervous about this in preseason every year when guys are smiling and guys are happy and everyone looks good in training camp and you go out to a few training camps, you go, here we go, Brownies, here we go, and uh, they get in you know, a couple of 11-on-11s and you feel like every player is going to be good and every situation has been remedied from any of the issues in the past. Yeah. I always say it just takes 
a few bad games and a few bad uh, interactions for guys to go south. It really does. Yeah. And we never assume that. You never assume things are going to go south when we talk about these things in a season. I mean, did anybody think the Browns weren't going to make the playoffs? Were there any fans in Cleveland? Even if you weren't high on Baker. Even if you thought Baker was an average quarterback, barely top 15 or top 13. Well, no, it was all, all, um, you know, don't make the playoffs, but how far can he take him? Like that type of thing. Right. And now. um, I don't think anybody thought they could go four and four. Yeah, but things are different now. Like it's, it's, you know, he's hurt. He's hurt. I'm sorry. He's hurt. So, you know, I, I don't know. We talked about it all during the show. We did. Oh, damn it. I forgot to do the top four college football teams. Damn it, damn it, damn it. I wrote it down, and I forgot it for the show. College football playoff. Yeah, tonight is the first uh, playoff. You know, you start doing OBJ trade talk, and then away you go, you know. What are you going to do? Yeah. Well, that sucks. You can do it if you want to. Well, I asked the question right before we went on the air. I asked it on Twitter. I'm a Buckeye homer. Excuse me? So no matter what, I'm always going to say that the Buckeyes should be in. And it's been true. Every end of the year – whether the Buckeyes are in and out, in or out, I've made what I believe to be a compelling argument that they should get in. Okay. So that's what homers do. Then that's You did that based on being a homer? Are you just leaning into being a homer? Or? No, no. I think I, I want to see them in the playoffs, and so I make an argument that they should be in the playoffs. Oh, okay. And every year I've supported it. It's not like I haven't been able to support the argument. I've always had like eight bullet points of why Ohio State should be in the playoffs. And it just it shows you that it's an impossible task to just arbitrarily pick four teams, which is why I guess some people want to go even more teams and whatever. Um, I I haven't necessarily been in that in that same area where I've wanted to do that, but I've asked the question: Ohio State lost to Oregon at home. How can I have Oregon behind Ohio State? How did Ohio the rest State? Of the year? How did Ohio State fall one position in the AP? Uh, because Michigan State had a huge win, so Michigan State went up. Oklahoma stayed uh, unbeaten, and they're doing it with what was the backup quarterback who's now the starting quarterback. Mm. So that probably is why. Um, now, of course, Ohio State gets Michigan State and Michigan. So they're going to have two huge – If they go, obviously, they have to win both games. Yeah. Not guaranteeing that yeah. at all. I could see a scenario where they lost to Michigan. Who, Ohio State? Yeah. That's, okay. That's the first time I've said that in a long time. Everybody gets syphilis before or – no, I just think Ohio State's not a complete oh. team. Oh, okay. At all. Oh, okay. Did you watch them against Penn State? Their offensive line got eaten up. Defensive line at times. Did I watch who against All him? that impressive against Penn State, Ohio State. Uh, actually, I did not watch much of the Penn State game at all. I think if you would have watched it, you would have said. Really? There is a way that if they don't show up or if something goes wrong, where they could lose that game. So, I, uh, you're going to hate this. I watched... A little bit, and then I really watched because Liz was not having a good day, and I wasn't like – because I told you there's a time switch coming on CBS Sports Radio. And so I was doing 2 to 6, and 2 to 6 is fine. I'm willing to do whatever time slot they give me. I'm happy. But 2 to 6 is in the middle of the day. And so I'm remember, I'm doing Friday night touchdown, and then, you know, I'm up until 3, and then I'm waking – well, I didn't set an alarm. And mm-hmm. guess what time I woke up on Saturday? What? I woke up at 11 a.m. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. So I did not, and I didn't have, I had where I wanted to go, but I didn't have anything in my notes of what I really wanted yet. 
So it was basically from 1130 until 6. That's the bulk of the day. And so she was taking care of the boys, bulk of the series, dude. She was taking care of the boys the whole time through. She was pretty tired. So we ended up watching Hocus Pocus. Then I rented the original Michael uh, original Halloween, and then we started watching Hubie Halloween, the, the Adam Sandler movie, which is, you know, it's okay. kind of... It's about a half an hour too long, but it's it's okay. Um, so it was it was fine, and so I didn't get to watch a lot of the Ohio State game at all. Like I turned it on for a bit, and like watched it drive, and then that was it. Sorry, I watched a boatload of college football up until then. But... Yeah, it was weird. It was Joey Porter's son was blanketing right. Chris Olave, and uh, Ohio State receivers really did not have the success getting open that they normally do. So. Uh, there were some warts there for Ohio State. They are not a perfect team. The good news is in college football, uh, you're looking at the rest of the, the, the group. I mean, yeah. Georgia has some quarterbacking issues, without a doubt. Um, oh, yeah. Not knowing about the health of Daniels. Cincinnati. There's some there's some kind of ugly things said about JT Daniels down there. Yeah? Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't like questioning toughness, but there's people like, all right, you're going to play or you're not going to play? Like, are you really that hurt? Like, it's like that type of thing. I'm like, man, he's he's one of the top-rated quarterbacks in the country. I think he'd want to play. Uh, Cincinnati is uh, number two team, and they'll be in tonight's top four. You think so? But the question is whether they'll be there. They'll be there at the end of the year. Boy, that's right. You gotta, there's machinations. You know, you're right about this. There's machinations. Because they're, they're, the toughest game they have left is SMU. They didn't do themselves any favor favors, even though SMU just lost. But they didn't do themselves any favors. There's no style points. Yeah, like Navy, you beat them by a touchdown. Like some people said, I got a couple of people like, oh, Ken, they absolutely could have lost to Navy. I was like, I don't think so. I don't think they were losing that game. Navy's whole offense is eliminating your possessions. Mm-hmm. So their best offense is their defense in, in long drives. Which, by the way, big win by Navy over Tulsa. Just watch that game. Mm-hmm. Didn't see much Ohio State, Penn State, but I saw. Damn it, I saw. I saw uh, Tulsa and Navy. Um, I, 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 I gave them a bit of a pass for their first half there, and then they backed it up with. I mean, they played three quarters of really haphazard, just whatever football against Tulane, and Tulane is not good. And all of like, Cincinnati is probably gone at the end of the year. Like it, it, all it of Cincinnati's games are also on some lower level camera technology i don't know what it is it's immediately tint even my girlfriend goes why is the television tinted greenish blue where is the (laughs) normal football cameras and cincinnati every week gets worse sound quality and worse video quality and i wonder if it's a grand conspiracy i'm not going to go on twitter and say that for obvious reasons yeah and you know why but uh the way they cover the cincinnati games they're not giving them the what like what we used to think, Brent Musburger, you are looking live. You are or, looking live. Or SEC on CBS. You're not getting any of that. You are getting Jefferson Sports Pilot. I used to <laughs> You really are. You're getting the worst or Jefferson Sports Plane. Yo, that's right. And what what was it back in uh in, in Syracuse? I actually used to work for him. Time Warner Cable Sports Channel, like that's what you're getting. You're not getting top notch. I remember broadcast. when the when Fox Sports, when Fox Sports first like started to dabble in RSN, and they would always have a Big Twelve game on. Yes, and I always, I because I I used to, I remember the pizza shop. I used to ask the boss of the pizza shop. I go, do you notice the same thing I do? And we said it at the same time. The camera looks like it's from heaven. <laughs> 
And there's times where you feel like you're looking through clouds on a Big 12 football game. It's the blip view, They yeah. put that thing – that camera is not in a booth. That camera was at the top mm-hmm. of the freaking press box on the roof, and I swear to God, it was like you were looking through clouds to try – I'm like, this is hard to watch. And, and they used to have, yeah, the, the, these huge – you almost needed two people – to maneuver these cameras, so you really did need an area for them. Yeah. And if every other booth was spoken for, they put it in the the rafters. Mm-hmm. You know, they put it in the top. Now they they have these cameras that are the size of your hand yep. that they can digitally move from another location yep. in the country because of COVID. They would have this, mm-hmm. and so your game camera would not even be active. So they can post those anywhere. I also remember when I was young. We used to get games on, like, Channel 43. There'd be, like, Syracuse. I remember watching Donovan McNabb Mm -hmm. on Channel 43. And it's like, whatever happened to all these other channels carrying games? Those were Raycom games. Yes, the Raycom games. Yeah. You're exactly right. And used to get them even – I don't even know. Are you seeing games on Bally's right now? I looked at noon and four – no games on Bally's this week. Nope. It's because ESPN – and Fox has eaten have it all gobbled up, up yep. every last game. Yep. And they've put it on their other their other channels, their sub channels. I didn't realize that. Like that was the last ba- like Raycom was like the last bastion of like everything's either aff- affiliated with ESPN, who basically, you know, runs college football, or Fox. And so everything's on like a Fox or a you know, there's a little like I'm worried about CBS. Because now this is what now I'm John R. Randall. They're sudden. losing the SEC. And I hate it. I think their production is, and I say this, I know, like CBS. Da, 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 they da, do one to, game a week or two games a yeah, week. It's great. It, it, we, and I know we used to work technically for them, and still the banner is over the network. But I, I thought that their production of 330 SEC football was the best production yes. of the week. And I'm meaning the NFL in there as well. I just loved it. I loved when Uncle Vern... And before that, even Jim Nance, because Jim Nance used to do some SEC games. And then there was Uncle Vern, Gary Danielson, Gary Danielson now with Brad Nessler. Yeah. Uh, you got Jamie Erdahl on the sideline, who I think is wonderful. Mm-hmm. I think she's great. And it's just like, it's the place you got to be. It's the, it's the thing you got to see. And I'm like, man, we're doing just, I want a little bit more spread out because I thought that that was great. And now it's just going to be, I, I, maybe you disagree with me. I think ESPN's product of college football has been bad. Um, it's just now, so spread I'll, out. I'll say it because I know that you do some things for them. Well, I'll just it's say so it. spread out to the point where they allow me to do games. Well, yeah, it, it seems like they're covering everything. <laughs> you know what I mean. They're covering everything, and it's like if they focused on certain things, then they could do better, and it seems like it's a little bit too thin. Even Like the ESPN3 and ESPN+, Plus, it's like, hey, all you need is a couple cameras and a couple local guys, and that's it. That's okay. I'm even talking – I'm not talking about that. That's fine. You know, I'll go find that. I'm I'm talking about regional. All right, this is Kentucky at home versus Florida. Like weird. It's like ugh, you guys are kind of off, and I wonder how you're farming it out and all that other stuff. But uh, we're brought to you by Extend Technologies. X T E N D A V dot com. Lima, welcome on our next guest because this guy's fantastic. Yeah, we're excited about him. Northeast Ohio native, obviously Dolph Ziggler, who is going to be performing, uh, basically the headliner at the 14th. Cleveland Comedy Festival taking place November 10th through the 13th at uh, the Odeon uh, Concert Club in Cleveland. I've been to this before, Kenny. It is an awesome showcase. You get great comedians from around the country, and you have homegrown acts as well. So, Dolph, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. I know I was thinking this because the first thing every lazy radio show does when they have anybody on, they go right to Wikipedia, right? And yeah. I, I see your age is listed on here, and I think to myself, 
Why do we put make it such a big deal that like Tom Brady is playing football at a position that you can't touch? You can't even breathe on these guys, and he's in his 40s. But when we have wrestlers in their 40s, the amount of nights a year that you're taking bumps, the amount of the physical toll, why don't we give the wrestlers way more credit for being able to do it? <laughs> That's a great point. I'm going to go to Wikipedia and look up who Tom Brady is. I just know Brady Coach <laughs> Brian Seitz. Uh, that, that he sounds uh, like a true hero that he's still in the league in his 40s, yeah. I, uh, th- it's funny. Uh, th- that is true. Some, there's a funny tweet somewhere that someone posted that was like, yeah, you know, I, I feel like I'm doing okay at like 35 years old. And he goes, the sports cast is like 35 years old, oldest player in the league, a true miracle. Cause this guy can still, and you're like, wow, that's so funny. Like, cause I still feel like a child when I go back home and sleep on my parents' couch or something. <laughs> what got you into stand-up comedy? Um, I, I, my brother and I, we just, we, we joked around so much. I, I grew up watching, man, uh, Big Chuck and Little John, uh, making people laugh, yeah. doing anything that you can imagine to have people laugh at you. And, uh, and watching Nick at Night, watching those uh, first couple seasons of Saturday Night Live as a kid on Nick at Night, you know, repurposed and done on there, not knowing what the hell was happening. And just knowing that things were funny and there was people were watching someone and while people were making them laugh, and I go, that's that's always what I want to do. I didn't totally, I didn't get a bunch of stuff that was happening, and I mean, I still don't get the bees thing, but like, still, I I, I totally get like wanting to always, you know, have that like George Costanza. You get the room laughing, and you go, all right, that's my time, and you you book out and get the hell out of the room. The certain ethnic jokes, you get those ones, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> unbelievable. I had that same sweater too. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's absolutely great. Well, I, I just I just am amazed that at any time we have somebody from Northeast Ohio in this town, we appreciate I, I really do believe this. I think we appreciate people that come from this town a little more than maybe some other towns do. And we've definitely done that. I mean, we've had the Miz on obviously plenty of times. And, you know, to see like your social media influence. I mean, you have over three million followers on Instagram. You're huge on social media that Anytime you even post anything, it is massive. I mean, everybody wants to be famous when they're young or figure out what they could be famous in at some point. I think it crosses everyone's mind until we realize, oh, we're just not that talented. Did you ever see this coming? I'm sorry, Kenny. No, Kenny, go ahead. Kenny just stared at me. No, I just thought of something I'm going to ask him. I figured you thought you'd be famous, too. Nope. You've gotten kind of famous. <laughs> I'm sorry. i got I got to think of something. I, I thought of something I'm going to ask you coming up in a bit. I think it might make you laugh. Go ahead. But, sorry, Lima. But did you ever think, like, what you think about, too, you even hit it a little later in life, and you, you did it in concert with social media so much better than other people have. Do you ever, do you ever think about that and go, wow, this is, this is just absolutely bonkers that it's gotten to this point? Uh, well, first and foremost, I, I, I'm sorry that you guys had Miz on. Uh, but secondly, I, uh, I'm a huge uh, – him and I uh, are constantly busting each other's stones, doing things like that, all based on – like, he, yeah, clearly he was known uh, a little bit of a younger age. But I, I did. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people think that when they're young, like, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be president or I'm going to be a basketball player or I'm going to play for the Browns, which I think so many of us uh, thought growing up. But you, you do. You think, like, what can I do to stand out and make something happen? And because of th- this weird job of professional wrestling where you can combine sports and athleticism with, like, this theater and, and all these different things, and it was like, this is the perfect fit, fit for me. And I remember even being, you know, somewhat of a smaller guy, barely six foot tall, uh, I, I wrestled 
I wrestled 98 pounds at St. Ed's my freshman year. And I was like, this is going to be tricky. But I, I said to my family, I go, I, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be a professional wrestler. I said to my friends, I'm going to be a professional wrestler. I'm going to be in WWE. And people, no one was like laughing. Everyone went, yeah, that makes sense. And I went, okay, let, you know, let's see. And it, the, the whole plan was, you know, get, go to St. Ed's, go to Kent State. When I graduate, then we can figure it out. That's the deal. Get a degree to fall back on and then be ready to go. Do you ever check your mentions, or do you get too many now? You can't do it. Uh, it's, it's different. So anytime, man, even friends of mine, uh, I don't check Instagram mentions unless we're friends, and it'll let me know. Like I, I have like two thousand DMs from people that I know that I just I never saw for so long. I go, I can't go through all these. Like it's not fair. Like it, it's so dumb. And besides. Most of them are just, uh, yeah, social media. So most of them are just calling you an idiot or something anyway. But it, it's, uh, it's weird. They're, it's pretty, almost a little scary because uh, a couple of years ago, I did a show in Cleveland. My first ever time coming back to Cleveland to do a show. And I saw so many of my friends from grade school, from St. Pat's grade school. And they go, yeah, I, you know, I, we, I haven't seen you in person, but, you know, we've been talking on, on Facebook for the last 15 years. And I go, oh, man. That's not me. And, oh my god! And, and I go, I, and it, it, I crush. I go, oh my god! I go, how many people? Because we, we kind of made it like this reunion after the comedy show. I go, how many people here have been, sadly, like in some relationship with people pretending to be me? And it turned out it was more. It was like twenty people, and that's just the people I asked. I'm like, oh yeah, we keep in contact. Oh, and I go. I, I couldn't tell a couple of them. It almost broke my heart because they've been like just saying not, not even crazy stuff, not asking for iTunes gift cards, and you know, can you help my uh, my African king son to get his money out of uh, an offshore account? Nothing like that. It was just they carried on conversation. I go, man. So th there's some good aspects to social media. Then there's for the last 20 years, you could be talking to someone cosplaying as me online. When you were, how old were you when you knew you wanted to be a pro wrestler? Five years old. You were five. Did, what, yeah. what did you tell? Did you tell your parents then? Uh, I, I did. I mean, that doesn't totally count. But uh, I was five. Uh, my dad took me to the Richfield Coliseum, and we went and saw um, a live event, which is just you know. And back then, this man, this is yeah, thirty-five years ago. Mm -hmm. There wasn't the giant Tron. There wasn't the pyrotechnics. There wasn't this huge display. It was just a black curtain and a wrestling ring. And we yeah. were in the nosebleed seats far, far away. And I just uh, I remember a couple of matches. And I, I know the main event was King Harley Race versus Hulk Hogan. And there was one other match that I remember as a kid. And it was uh, the British Bulldogs versus the Hart Foundation in a steel cage. And uh, I watched that thing, and I told my dad, I go, I want to do this. I want to be a professional wrestler. So uh, um, uh, maybe two or three months later, he signed me up. Uh, for wrestling at St. Pat's at like five years old. Um, mm -hmm. I had a weird birthday, so I was in first grade, but five. And uh, and I go, it wasn't, I, I walked in and I go, what the hell is this? This is a professional <laughs> wrestling. There's a mat on the ground and people are like practicing. Like, this is not, this is not what I thought this was. And he goes, well, this is different. You start here, you do this, and then maybe one day you can do it. That is incredible. Uh, well, because I've told this story in the air before, and I'll, I'm just going to do it for you just for your reaction. Um, you can think of it what you want. So I was I was around 13 years old. Uh, Attitude Era is going on. I was watching both. That, WCW, the whole thing. Mm 
and I told my parents at dinner because we used to eat family dinner every night, okay? And I looked at my dad, and I said, Dad? And he says, what? And I, what, I said, I want to be a professional wrestler. I said, I want to do it. I thought about it. I want to be a pro wrestler when I get older. And my dad started laughing at me. And my mom started laughing at me. And I said, what are you laughing at? And i got to take my headset off because I'm going to be loud because my dad did it. He goes, oh, I can see it now. The road dog Jesse James. The fat ass Ken Carmen. The new age outlaws. And then I just sat there and cried. And when my dad laughed and high-fived my mom and ate dinner. That's a true story. Um, you're, you did not have that same response. I just want to know what you think of that story, I guess is my question. No, no, no. I didn't eat the dinner because I was fasting. No carbs that night. But same same story for me, too. Yeah. No, I uh, – that's <laughs> – yeah, that that's the old school Cleveland fatherly. That's the tough love, you know. Sorry, yeah. it's, uh, that that was just motivating you more. I think that's the way I see it. <laughs> All right, when did you get comfortable on the mic? Because some wrestlers never do, and obviously for you, it 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 provides a perfect transition to what it looks like to be the next phase of your career. Being very confident on a microphone, comedy club is very different, obviously, than uh than a than a wrestling audience but when did you get comfortable uh you know it takes everybody a while um i i had you know some experience of you know just getting up whether i was after a wrestling practice telling a joke around over the locker room or something just i I always wanted to be in that position so you don't you know you if you get a chance to be on a microphone or if you like i was asked a couple funerals even as a high school college kid with relatives in my family hey can you go speak can you do something and it's like oh okay sure and he just it's something that you, you wanted to have everyone you know, looking at you so you were comfortable anyway but it's different because you don't just get to go up there and just riff and do what you want and you have this rapport it's with our business sometimes you're like man i don't like what i'm saying i don't like how i have to say it but this is you know part of the show and i have to do it and then, but you still get the reps in, and it's just like comedy. It's just like wrestling. It's just like acting. It's like anything else. After a couple hundred reps, you're comfortable no matter what. Whether you're good at it, whether you're bad, you're comfortable, and you can make some, you know, do some improvisation with it and make things better. So as you keep going on and on and on and getting those reps in, you get better. So I was talking on the mic. I, I remember this one of my favorite things. Like I had a WrestleMania tag match with seventy five thousand people watching, and two weeks later. I was in the back room of a coffee shop in Silver Lake, California. There was 15 people sitting there, and 10 of them were on their phones going over their set of this open mic. And I was walking up to a microphone in the t- a room the size of a hotel room, shaking, going, okay, take the mic out of the stand. Don't drop it. Don't drop the mic. Just remember the first line. Shaking. And I was like, this is so funny that I'm so nervous right now. But uh, I just there was a, a comedian, Andy Kindler, who had gone on before me, and I go say this uh, I don't know some kind of line about Chipotle or something, and I said this line, and it felt like ten seconds had gone by, and there was like a cricket noise, and I go, oh no, this does not work. I can feel my face get red, but in reality, it had been like a second and a half, and two of the ten people went, <laughs> and I went, whoa, what? Okay, and then I went, you know, and I ran through. I had like a four-minute set, and I ran through it in ninety seconds. But it those like, uh, and you're just sitting there waiting for it, and no one cares. And you're, it, it's one thing to show up in a room when it's like Dolph Ziggler's here to sign autographs, and you go, "We waited in line, and we have your shirt on." To and they're all applauding for you. To coming to the stage is Nick 
some guy in a black hat and everyone goes, make me laugh, idiot. And you're like, oh, this is very different. And once you know that, you know you can you do the homework and get the reps in, then you're more comfortable being on a microphone, you know, in an arena when everyone loves you, or you know, opening for someone who's a professional comic and not one person in that place knows you. Man, that is something to think about too. Just just to, to transition from one to the other. You would think you'd be the most confident guy ever and there's Andy Kindler there, and you're you're nervous about even making him laugh. That's, uh, yeah, that's yeah. honestly that's a that's a great story. Um, were you allowed, especially as you got more experience in wrestling, were you allowed to punch up some of the stuff you were talking about? Because obviously, great writers have come and gone, and sometimes guys just drop in uh, to the different wrestling factions, especially WWE. Some of the some, a lot of famous people have written you don't even know about who they are behind the scenes. Were you allowed, were you ever given that kind of leeway to do that? Uh, it, it really depended. For about, man, eight, ten years, you had, I had some leeway, even with the confidence I had, with, with being able to do a lot of things, you know, outside of the business, PR tours. It was, for me, it was, there's a couple words to change here and there and a couple riffs that I could add, but a lot of times I wasn't doing those 20-minute opening raw segment promos where you talk to everybody and tell this entire story. And I, you, you know, I would have a minute or two here and there and I go, I would change it as much as I could, but it was never too much, but it, it, it took probably 13 years to where I can go, okay, I can change it a little bit more than some people. But even then you're that you're playing this character. You go, man, this is how I would say it. This is what I want to say. And then the boss lets you know, this is my show. This is what I need you to do. And you go, okay. But it, it takes years to just gain the confidence of everyone behind the scenes. And then even then, they still want a certain product done. And then you go, okay, I have to do this. So you just try and sneak in a little bit more leeway the way you would do it. So it takes, you eventually become half the character that's in that ring for, you know, completely. But, you know, it takes, sometimes it takes 15 years to be able to just modify it just a little bit. Now, I can't imagine that anybody would think it'd be a good idea watching you do comedy to heckle you, but there's always drunks, there's always <laughs> idiots, there's always bachelorette parties, and they feel oh, like yeah. they can talk to you, which turns into heckling. Uh, has it happened to you yet? We've seen so many great viral videos of uh, great stand-up comedians just eviscerating hecklers. <laughs> uh, in the weirdest way, other than uh, you know, someone's cell phone going off or somebody's breaking a glass or something, I haven't had anyone doing that. I've had a couple people spoil a story because they were such fans, and I'm building <laughs> up to telling the story of the Spirit Squad, and halfway through the story, people are yelling out, and I go, hey, hey, shut the hell up. Not everybody here, you know, follows Wikipedia as closely as you do, relaxed, or something like that. But it's just, it, you, no, not too many people will do it because they're almost genuinely happy to see you. But, man, in the social media age, everybody wants to yell something out, wants to have the attention, wants to have everyone looking at them. And I'll be like, oh, hey, Harry, you come up and do this because everyone paid to see you. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just a big fan. And you're like, well, then shut the hell up because people paid the money here. And I was like, this guy paid $50 for tickets. I go, that's a lot of money to you guys. And there's something just to get everybody to make fun of myself, but also make fun of them. But no one has genuinely been angry and heckled me. Usually, uh, for some reason, they're on my side. All right, I hate to do this. I have to ask you legitimate sports questions for a moment. Um, <laughs> you are a Browns fan. What do you think they ought to do with OBJ? Now, this will air for some people when they click on it. After 4 p.m. Tuesday, but I still got to ask you, what do you think they ought to do with OBJ? 
after 4 p.m. Tuesday, will the Browns be deciding what they do with OBJ, or will some other team be doing that? No, uh, I, I don't. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm so we're so used to being behind a team. We're Cleveland. We're always behind the Browns. Uh, I'm used to you know having a 500 record or even way less, but not when we're supposed to be way better. Uh, so I think that there's something there to where either. Maybe OBJ isn't the right fit for us, or maybe he doesn't, you know, want to be here. Or maybe there's just somewhere else better for him. Um, because even uh, I think I want to say last year, a couple games he was out, we still played, you know, pretty well as a team. So I don't know that that's the answer for us. Is him Baker Mayfield? What do you want to do with him long term? Um, you know, I, I I heard that the team's looking into going like this is like franchise full-time guy how do you not root for him i mean uh just you know when he even uh last evening he got smashed uh on that scramble and got the first down and jumped up and fired up the crowd and i go that's the guy that we are rooting for every step of the way and it's just i i don't know how badly is he hurt you know is this the guy for the next you know six eight ten years i don't know i i love watching him play because I, I just I love the Browns and I root for him and you know he's one of those people that is much like Cleveland much like the Browns he's hustling even if he's injured he wants to play and not just like oh I want to play through hurt like, no I want to go save the day and bring a winning football team to this city and it's so hard to just brush that off. Um. Okay, I'm just gonna come out and ask it. WWE <laughs> commentator Vic Joseph thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> He loves the Browns, just like everybody else from Cleveland. I, I'm a fan. I love it. Uh, how cool is it? There's so many people that you realize either are Browns fans from Cleveland, from the area, constantly. He, he loves the city, and uh, he gets back more than I do, and he's always bragging about it in a, in a positive way, which is so awesome. Uh, but I love that. Like Miz, Vic Joseph, myself, uh, you can constantly just bring up something from childhood or Cleveland or going back, uh, and you know those people from Cleveland are hardworking one way or another. No matter what the industry, what the business, it's so funny when you see people that have just lived and died through the Browns for the last 30 years. Very true. Go ahead. Yeah, it's just that we've worked with him before. So, you know, we, <laughs> we know all the skeletons. We know what's really going on with him. I do. Scenes. I know exactly what's, really what's going, going on. on. <laughs> uh, are you looking forward? You've got to be coming back to, to Cleveland to be part of this uh, a big event and to be headlining it, too. Uh, it's got to be pretty cool. I've been to this before. I was telling people, and uh, I've been a judge. I've performed at it. Uh, it brings people from all over the country, which is really cool. Yeah, it's wild, man. Like, it's, I mean, one, to be able to come back home to do to Cleveland to do a comedy show is amazing and so fun. And uh, it really, like, it's special, man. And uh, to do it during the Cleveland Comedy Festival, it's an entire weekend. There's this laundry list of people that are, are uh, on the shows. And knowing that I get to headline, get to be out there, get to come back home and do it. And uh, also, the band Nunfist will also be performing with me. And that is the main event of the main event. So I will do my set. We'll do some Q&A. I'll get my brother involved. He'll be part of the show. And then uh, Nunfist will perform, which is one of the greatest bands that you've never heard of. And this is a command performance, I think, by the Queen. So I think it's going to be a serious business. But coming back to Cleveland, having this festival go on, 
knowing all the work that goes into it, knowing that it's Cleveland, just like, you know, all the people that come back to see it, being able to come back and uh, not just witness it, be a part of it, 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 that's a dream come true. It's one thing, like, I want to be a professional wrestler, and you get to do it. It's like, I want to go home to Cleveland and show people that I made it, and I'm going to come back here, and we're going to tear the joint down when I'm there. What It sounds awesome. It's an awesome event. We'll be promoting it uh, throughout the week. Uh, what is the thing that comes up the most when you are on the road and you remind people that you're from Cleveland, Ohio? <laughs> Let's see. Usually, the, usually it is go, I mean, you got to remember I've been doing this for 16 years. So other than like this year and one other time, they just be like, Browns, huh? And, you, you know, you're just like, yes. I know it'd be nice to win one game. It'd be nice to win five games or whatever. That's, that's so funny. Cleveland and, and most people know whether they're from there or not. They're like, Oh, it's like hard work in town. You guys will always be behind those Browns. And it, but it the best. It'll just be like Cleveland, huh? Browns, huh? And you're like, yeah, I know. But it's like, like we're behind them either way. Or actually, it, and then secondly, they're like that Muni lot though. You know, if you have enough fun there at the Muni lot, then you forget how bad the game was. Like, oh, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, I feel like if you have a Muni lot story, then no one can question authenticity that you're from <laughs> Cleveland. Everybody should have at least one story of a buddy getting either punched out or arrested in the Muni lot. <laughs> Sadly, there, yeah, I've seen some several punch outs when it's like, oh, come on, guys. Like, I mean, they're wearing the same jersey, and you're like, come on, same team. But. Yeah, I mean, that is truly a great experience for anybody to have a chance. Like, I got to uh, go with a couple old Kent State buddies and hang out a couple times. And just, like, I'm throwing a football around with my old college buddies while everyone around me is either fighting or pushing somebody over or in a school bus that's painted orange with spikes and a helmet on top. It's, it's, it's a great time. All right, Dolph Ziggler, we uh, we got to do this again. This was awesome. We need you to check back in with us about the Browns, too, uh, before the end of the year because uh, this Absolutely, is awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's awesome that you're going to be performing this event and that you took the time to do this with us. Our fans are just absolutely loving this, so uh, we got to do this again. That, that, that's right. Absolutely, man. Anytime you guys want, you name it. Uh, I mean, it's a blast. Uh, of course, uh, I'm really excited to go do that Cleveland Comedy Festival. It's the 10th through the 13th. Uh, November tickets are online, ClevelandComedyFestival.com. And I think it's going to be a really special weekend show, everything, you name it. It's going to be Cleveland people having a great time. And I'm sure half the punchlines are going to be the Browns and stuff like that. But <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't wait to go like, Hey, we're, you know, we're used to being, you know, just below 500, but you know, not what we're supposed to be going to the Super Bowl. All right. Awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you. We got to do it again. Appreciate it. You got it, guys. Thank you. All right. There he is. Dolph freaking Ziggler. Yeah. He was great. I thought he was great. Yeah. Sorry. Diana Rossini saying the Browns have no plan to trade OBJ today. Oh. And our buddy Chops. Well, there have been offers. I go, yeah, welcome to pro sports there, Chops. Yeah. Of course, there's been offers. What did you say their own? I'm sorry, buddy. Chiefs made a trade while we were doing all that. What did they do? Uh, They got – the Tra- for Baker Mayfield. No, they, they traded for <laughs> OBJ and Baker Mayfield. No, they traded for uh, Melvin Ingram. They traded for Melvin Ingram? Yes, for a six-round pick. The dis- Get him out of the division. The dis- disgruntled. Oh, he's going to be Melvin way Ingram. better than Genevieve and Clowney. Way better than Genevieve and Clowney. Ooh, ooh, it's a nigga trade. That's a little creamy nigga for you. <laughs> Sorry. Listening to 
Ken Carmen show this morning with Aditi. Oh, we're going to do this now. And hearing Aditi have to explain to Ken and Spritz Patone how the AFC is wide open and the Brown season is far from over. And hearing Ken and Lima whine about it makes me sad. Cleveland media and fan base really suck. Your thoughts, Kenny? Uh, it's it's great to hear the the gloves finally come off. All I said was, all I said was, flat out. I responded to the tweet. I said, <laughs> "No, we didn't. Media might, fans don't." Thanks for listening. I'm not mad. I don't think that. Listen, I, our reactions. Aditi was Aditi was very glowing today, but she about said, their chances. But I wasn't upset or anything like that. Yeah. I didn't sulk because she said they have chances. There is, like, and, hey, I will admit, because of history, like, you got, okay, it's Wednesday. There's a chance to beat Cincinnati. You got to be able to beat Cincinnati. Let's keep our heads up here. That's why, oh, hold on. <laughs> oh, I swallowed some spit. Sorry, guys. Um, That's why I was, uh, I'm not, yesterday, did I scream and yell yesterday? Like, I got a little bit, a little, like, I got on the cusp, right? But I didn't did. do it. You were right. You weren't Denver Broncos. Upset. No, not even close. And, and somebody asked me, and I'm sure Keith went, like, guys, if I yell after every loss, it's going to lose meaning. That's not going to happen. Like, there's some losses. Like, Kansas City, people were downright like, hey, we played well. People were downright, downright moral victory after the loss to Kansas City. Now, that's changed, but you knew how people were. D- am I really going to get that nasty and that cutting? No, it's disappointing. I demand better as a fan. We all demand better. They demand better. Well, go be better. Now, if they go out there and they just roll over and die against Cincinnati, Monday's going to be a different story. But you're still 4-4 four and four and you still have a chance. So there's nothing to be that worked up about considering I can't believe they got nine games left in this thing. And that is the good thing. Look, I, I was pressing Aditi. I was for a reason. I wanted to make sure, and the reason I do this, if any of you ever wonder why, why I did this, I did this to Daryl yesterday. The reason I ask follow-ups, and I, I want people to clarify why they think the way they do. It's one thing to say, hey, we have nine games left. All right, well, every team does. So what, should every team feel confident going forward? So yeah. I pressed her on it, and she gave her answers. She still believes yeah. that they could turn this around. Ken, you believe they could turn this around. I believe that if guys get healthy, they could turn this around. I am concerned about the health of some of these players. I do know this offense works if they get their guys back, they believe in it, and they stay true to who they are. But I don't know if they're going to stay true to who they are. I do wonder, like, do they think because they have to put up 30-plus points this week against the Bengals, are we going to see a game where all of a sudden Baker is chucking the ball down the field? That's what every fan wants to see, but is that is that a good move? Is that who they are? Will mm. that work? Will Odell be the guy that he's targeting if he does indeed not get traded? Many questions. Mm. Many questions about all these things. And we'll have many answers as the game continues. Well, I thought you were going to hit the button. You didn't hit the button. I didn't have a good cliffhanger this week. No, I'm sorry. Well, then just hit the button. We got tomorrow. We got Thursday. And remember, we have inside baseball on Thursday. Oh, that's Telling right. you industry secrets. If you've ever wanted to know, we're here yes. to spill the tea. And you can ask about other broadcasters. We may not answer it. I don't know. It all we'll depends. try. Depends how we're feeling. Thank you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.